This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Let's get into the Word tonight here on the area of faith. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 49. Isaiah 49. And the Bible warns us over and over about don't grow weary. Don't, don't lose heart. And I think with that statement, there's where the, the battle really begins to lie in the battle of faith, of losing heart, of giving up. But I, I got I to gotta keep on believing God and I got to keep on trusting God. And I heard it say this way years ago that oftentimes the battle of faith is lost in the last half hour. And so I, I think that we're, each one of us tonight, this will help you understand God's got a timetable. And it won't always look like mine. Actually, most of the time it doesn't look like mine. But if I get in my heart, Father God knows best. The timing and everything, it'll just settle you. And I believe the scriptures tonight will help us. So we begin in Isaiah 49, verse number 8. Thus says the Lord, in an, acceptable, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. The different translations say, in a favorable time, in a right time. But it says here specifically, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. And so God has a designated to time to fill his promises. And we must understand this. This doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen in a split moment or in this moment or this day, this year, this month, or this season. God has an acceptable time. So when I see that right here, understand when we pray to Father God, he said, he hears you. And oftentimes you might be like me where you throw your arms up and you say, God, are you listening? Have you heard me? Well, read this verse again. In acceptable time, I have heard you. And so we got to understand this, that God knows best. And God's answer is always absolutely sure for those who trust him. But... It may not be on my timetable. He has an acceptable time for every one of us. Keep reading here. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. I will preserve or keep you and give you as a covenant to the people to restore the earth, to cause them to inherit the desolate heritages. And so he begins to tell us, I hadn't forgot you. I hear you. Same chapter. Begin with me in verse 14. But Zion said, one translation, but Zion said, I don't get it. The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has not heard me. And my Lord has forgotten me. My Lord has abandoned me. And there's times when this happens that our natural senses almost begin to, to whisper to us. They begin to shout to us. They begin to talk to us like, 
God didn't hear you. God forgot you. God abandoned you. And this is exactly what this person here, the writer of this, was saying here. He was asking that question, God, have you forsaken me? Have you forgotten me? But look at God's response in verse 15. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. You ought to mark that down. You ought to highlight that in your life. And when the devil starts nipping at you and starts talking to you and telling you, God's not going to do that, God's not going to do this, remember this right here. God says, I haven't forgotten you. He goes on to say, See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Man, God's got big palms. So big that the whole world's in the palm of his hand. And just think about that. God's inscribed us on the palms of his hands. He doesn't forget us. And he goes on to end this verse and he says, Your walls are continually before me. I see the things that are trying to restrict you in your life. And so as I read that, I begin to think about when he says that he's inscribed us on the palms of his hands. Do you know, forever, throughout eternity, there's nail prints that will be in Jesus' hands. And those nail prints will be a continual reminder to us That there was an eternal price paid for every one of us. And because of what Jesus did on that cross, his, his blood and his broken body, he paid the sacrifice for every one of us. Everything we always or will forever need. And so just remember this little illustration right here, what he begins to say. God will not abandon us. He never has. Now go to Psalm 119, and then I'm going to come back to Isaiah chapter 40. But I want you to see this passage in Psalm 119. And Psalm 119 is the longest psalm of them all. But I'm going to go to, to, to verse 89 is where I'll begin. I'm telling you, this, this verse right here is one that you need to mark and let this get on the inside of you here, okay? Psalm 119, verse 89. Forever, O Lord. Forever. Not a day, not a week, not a month, not a year. You know, when you live to be 80, 90, 100 years old, that seems like a long time. But it doesn't compare to forever. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It stands firm forever. And so when you see what he says here, you can hang on to the Word of God. Actually, you need to hang on to the Word of God because it has an eternal stamp or an eternal guarantee on it. See, in our lives, we think about things. You know, man, if you can get a warranty on something for three years, that's a great deal. I was reading or I saw a commercial last night about this mattress, and it says, you can try it out for 100 days, and if you don't like it, you get a full refund. And we think, man, that's a great deal. But there's nothing like a deal like this. 
There's an eternal guarantee on that word of God. So when I begin to get this into my heart and I realize, man, God's word will stand firm forever, that ought to settle you. That ought to get on the inside of you where you know God doesn't change. He goes on to say, your faithfulness endures to all generations. In other words, it continues from generation to generation to generation. And guess what? It's still going on to our generation. It's still happening. It didn't miss this generation. You establish the earth and it abides. It stands. Have you ever got up in the morning and wondered, I wonder if the sun will rise or the sun will set today. I've never wondered that. When I go out tonight, I won't look at Shelly and say, I wonder if the stars are going to be out tonight. In West Texas, we don't have to wonder if the wind's going to blow again. It's going to happen. And so when you see what he's saying there, as faithful is the sun to rise and the set every day, he's just re-clarifying again his purposes. And when he spoke things into existence, they don't change. Verse 91. Now watch this. They continue this day according to your ordinances for all your servants. Last time I looked in the book of our Webster's Dictionary, all still means all. So guess what he says? If you're born again and you're a servant of God, you fall underneath these verses right here. This is good for every one of us. So what happens there, we, we know throughout the ages that times change, seasons change, social customs change, human opinion change, the philosophical ideas change. But when you look at this right here, they have no effect on the constancy or the authority of the Word of God. Do you know the promises of God don't change when the temperature gets below 32? They keep on, they keep on, they keep on. Why are you honing in on this so big? I want you to see these things tonight. One, that God, He hears our prayers but number two, when you live by the Word of God and you stand on those promises, God will fulfill it. When, Pastor? Well, I'm not God. I just keep trusting Him and keep believing Him. Now jump with me back into Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. You know, as you're turning back there to Isaiah 40, uh, Matthew 24, 35 says this, that heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will no mean pass away. And I'm telling you, the word of God is it's an eternal, it's eternal promises. Isaiah chapter 40, we begin in verse 27. Now, this is parts of tonight that I believe will really help us. Why do you say, O Jacob, or why do you complain, O Jacob? And why do you speak or whine, O Israel? Now let me ask you something. How many of you have ever complained or whined? Foolish question. How many have complained or whined today? Foolish question, Pastor. How many have whined or complained in the last hour? Taught, taught. 
So again, this is the question right here that comes up. See, it's very easy as human beings to get over and complain and whine. Bellyache. But this is the question he asks. And look what he goes on to say. My way is hidden from the Lord. You know what he's saying here? God doesn't see. God doesn't notice. My way's hidden from the Lord. And my just claim is passed over by my God. One translation says, God lost track of me and he doesn't care. Where it says he passed over, the New American Standard says, it escapes the notice of my God. God has disregarded me. God's forgotten about me. Keep reading. Have you not known or have you not heard the everlasting God and the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he neither faints nor is weary? God doesn't get tired, okay? God doesn't take rest breaks. His understanding is unsearchable. Whew. And you see how powerful God is. And look what he says here. He gives power to the weak. You know, there's nothing wrong admitting our weakness. A couple Sundays ago I said this, it's the law of attraction. God's attracted to man's weakness. Something happens when I stand before God and I say, Lord, I need your help. You know what that is? That's the robe of humility. According to 1 Peter 5, 5, it says, He gives grace to the humble. A sign of a humble is say, Father God, I, I can't do this. And if you know what he says right here, he said he gives, he gives power to the weak. And there's nothing wrong for me saying, Lord, I need your power. I need your help. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly stumble or fall. Now watch this right here. But those who wait on the Lord, those who wait on the Lord, shall renew their strength. Now I want to stop right there. Because that passage that says, those who wait on the Lord... That wait, word wait there means those who look for, those who expect, those who are waiting hopefully for the Lord. The New Living says, for it says those who wait on the Lord, it says those who trust in the Lord. So again, when you go back and you look what I'm talking about, there's going to be seasons of waiting. That doesn't mean God doesn't hear. Remember what it says, that God has an acceptable time. But don't begin to complain. And I'm, 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 I'm talking to myself because there's times I thought, Lord, you've got to have seen what's going on here. I need your help now, now, now. But when I wait on the Lord, watch for the promises that go with it. But those who wait on the Lord, number one, they'll renew their strength. When I wait on the Lord, and that's a patience. I can be truthful. There's days in my life, actually most days, I have to watch not being patient. 
You know, that's one of the fruit of the Spirit. That's, that's Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It's called long-suffering. It's called patience. Something happens in part of this when I just say, Father God, I'm on your clock. I'm on your timetable. I know, Father God, you got it, and you're God, and you know what's best. He said, they'll renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. You know, in most translations, you know what that likens us to? We start hanging out where God's at. We get up there close to God, way up there. And the last promise, he says, they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Who? Those who wait on the Lord. So again, when I wait on the Lord, my trust all shifts to Him. And because it shifts to Him, I'm not going to grow weary. So I march through the day, and I say, I thank you, Father God, you're at work on my behalf. I thank you, Father God, you're moving on my benefits. And guess what? It takes all the pressure off me. And I said, you're God. You heard. So again, we go back to everything we've talked about tonight up to this point. God's got an acceptable time. His word never changes. And so guess what? If I learn to wait on the Lord, the very promises of the word of God and the things I've prayed for, they'll happen. It'll take place. And so as I look at this right here, i got to say to the Lord, Lord, you've got to help me in this area. You've got to help me to trust you and get to a place in my life where I wait on the Lord. And when he says wait on the Lord, he didn't say wait on the Lord and fall on the ground and kick around like a little child. He didn't say get up and pull your hair out. Oh, it's bad. He didn't say scream and shout and have a fit. Man, I just wait on the Lord. It's okay, Father God. Now, here's the deal. Pastor, do you have this mastered? Absolutely not. I'm still a work in progress. But the more I get a hold of the Word of God and I see those promises of the Word of God, it settles me. Why? God said it. And remember, those things are eternal. They're forever settled in heaven. So this is a verse right here that may help you tonight. This is Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing. How many in here right now got some anxiety? You're anxious about something. I can get that way, but he said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. But in everything. Not for everything, but in everything I'm going through with prayers and supplications, with thanksgiving, make your requests made known to God. So guess what happens? When I truly believe God hears my prayers, and he said, I hear, I haven't forgotten you, and it'll settle me. Where I can go to God and pray and say, Lord, this is what I'm in right now. How many in a battle right now? I'm in battles. I'm in battles. He didn't deny we were in battles. We're in circumstances. We're in situations. But he said, you don't have to be anxious for nothing. How do you know if I'm anxious? Are you trying to figure it out? Or are you trying to solve all the problems? Then you're anxious. You know, one of the greatest uh, ways that I find out that I'm anxious in my life is I crawl in bed at night. 
And if I don't close my eyes and if I'm not asleep in 30 seconds like I normally am, then I'm probably struggling with anxiety and worry. And I'm saying, Father God, I'm trying to... How many of you stayed up all night before trying to figure things out? And you got up the next morning, and guess what? The problem was still the same, wasn't it? I've been there, done that. Turn with me back in the New Testament. I'm going to give you a couple more verses here tonight. Hebrews chapter 6 is where we're headed. Hebrews chapter 6. Now, I'm just telling you, the next few weeks, and I don't know how long I'm going to get, how long it's going to take, but I'm going to dive back into Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to sit on that for weeks. And, and a couple weeks ago, I told you, the Lord has had me, there's, there's days I'll read Hebrews 11, I don't know how many times in a row. Just read it and read it. And I'm telling you, I am absorbing things right now. It's, it's like the 4th of July in my heart. I look and think, I've read that and I've never seen that. So, why will we read that? Well, that's the Faith Hall of Fame. And I'm telling you, there's going to be some things in that that will be tremendous for your life. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 9. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Confident of better things concerning you. The New Living says, you were meant for better things. Now think about what he just says. We were confident of better things. Things, plural. So with that statement right there, God's not against us having things. And what type of things is he talking about concerning you? Yes, things, plural, that accompany salvation. So guess what? When you got born again and I got born again and we became saved, evidently there's some things that accompany salvation. And oftentimes we don't walk in those things that accompany salvation because number one, we don't even know what they are. But when I begin to get into the Bible and I find out the very things that are promised to me and you as heirs of salvation, ooh, watch what goes on. For God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and you do minister. Now what he's talking about here, your, your, your good behaviors, your good acts of kindness, he said, I haven't forgot what you've done. And he used it in the word ministry. Actually, it's the word service. The way you've served other people, the things you've done. He said, guess what? I've seen it. I haven't forgot. Verse 11. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. And you know what he's telling me? Don't give up prematurely. Stay diligent to the very end, day by day by day. Now watch this, verse 12. That you do not become sluggish or lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And when you see the word imitate, he says, follow their example. That's why next week we're going to go to Hebrews 11. And if you have time in your reading, go to Hebrews 11 and you'll begin to see people within the Bible. The very first one is a guy named Abel. 
you did not or you do not get into the Faith Hall of Fame without acting on the Word of God, without believing God. And so when I begin to see that word there, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises, that's why I jump back to Hebrews 11 because I think these are the men and women of faith that we need to learn to imitate. They set the example. So again, he says, imitate those who through faith and patience, patient endurance, wait on the Lord. There it is again, but this time it's used in a New Testament verse. And so he says there, through faith and patience. So guess what? Faith and patience are a package deal in receiving from God. So I just keep trusting God. And I get back over and I realize, you know what? God's got acceptable time for me. Listen to the words of patience, what it means. It means fortitude. It means endurance. It means long-suffering. It means just to stay with it and stay with it day by day by day by day by day. Now, as I'm looking at this in, in verse 12, that last part it says, through faith and patience, you can inherit the promises. It's the Word of God. These are the things that we started out confident of better things that pertain to salvation. So there's promises in there for every one of us. How will I receive them? Well, number one, i got to know what they are. And then number two, through faith and patience. But when I looked at the end there of the inherit the promises there where it says through faith and patience, that verse was cross-referenced to Hebrews 10. That's only a page or two. Turn to Hebrews 10 and this is what we're going to do with Actually, it was cross-referenced to Hebrews 10 verse 36. But I want to read verse 35 and verse 36. Verse 35 says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. That must be a possibility or he wouldn't have warned us. So here's the question on that. Who's, who's your confidence in? So now we go back to everything we've talked about. Are you confident that God hadn't forgot you? Well, according to the Bible, he hadn't. Are you confident in the Word of God that it's forever settled in heaven? Are you confident that those who wait upon the Lord, they'll renew your strength? So again, he tells us, don't cast away your confidence. Why? Because it has great reward. It's got great reward. Now look what we said, go to in verse, city, verse 36. For you have need of endurance. The word endurance here means perseverance, a steadfastness, a holding out, the capacity to bear up under difficult circumstances. That probably describes every one of us right there. What would happen if we begin to ask God, Father God, I ask you today to grace me with endurance. You know, as Americans, it's really easy to give up real quick. We don't like to wait for anything. You get in the shower, you want instant hot water. Now. Pull up to McDonald's and you say, that, that, that better be out in 12 seconds or I'll never come here again. Go to the ATM, push some buttons. Now. 
Microwave popcorn, two minutes and 12 seconds. How do you know that? Because that's what it takes on my microwave. See, again, we're now, we're now. But it's interesting right here. I cannot have that mentality with the things of God. We are in need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So guess what he just told us? Stick with it. Stay with it. Day by day by day by day by day. Just keep staying with it. Keep believing God. Keep trusting God. Don't give up. And remember, God's got an acceptable time. He's going to come through. My job is just to keep staying with it. Keep staying with it. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.